Welcome to episode 5 of the Board Game Battles podcast, where we take two board games with a common trait, discuss each, and see if we can declare one a winner. I'm your host, Randall, and with me today are my co-hosts, Jeff and Drew. Hello. Aloha. Today's common trait will be cooperative superhero games, and in our head-to-head segment, we will be discussing the two games, Sentinels of the Multiverse versus Legendary, a Marvel deck-building game. And then following our matchup discussion, we will have our Imperial Assault segment where we discuss what's current in Imperial Assault news. So starting with the very first game, it's going to be Sentinels of the Multiverse. It came out in 2011, designed by Christopher Badell, Paul Bender, and Adam Rubotero. Adam Rubotero is also the artist on the game. If you look at their history, they mainly just do these uh, Sentinels games. They also did a Sentinels Tactics game, which came out in 2014. Uh, it was a bit of like a miniature, kind of a skirmish game, almost. Then they have a couple other little games in there. There's a deck building, the deck building game. Something called Galactic Strike Force. And Christopher Bedell was also somewhat involved in the Betrayal at House on the Hill Widow's Walk expansion that just recently came out. Looking at the rule book, they tend to make their uh, Sentinels rule books look like comics. So if you flip through it, it has, you know, very bold. It's using like the comic font it um, really pops out at you it may not be always the best at finding rules though like if i when we were playing i did find myself trying to find you know specific rules like flipping back and forth just trying to figure it out sometimes because you know you've read the manual you know how to play the game but then you're trying to find something specific it can be a bit tough um with the way this manual is laid out Uh, it's a nice looking manual but it could be laid out a bit better uh but components it's it's basically a card game. Um, all of the components are just decks of cards. The cards are good quality, so there's nothing wrong there. There was uh, also some chits that come with it to for tracking health and for ver- tracking various statuses throughout the game. But um, we'll, I'll go into that a little bit as I discuss how the game works. So how the game plays out, each person is... Uh, playing a one of the many superheroes that are available with it and there's quite a few available in the base game and they have several expansions that are available which introduce additional heroes additional villains um and also environments because there's also an environment you have to worry about during the game the turn order works out to uh there's a villain turn each hero takes a turn and then the environment takes a turn and then you just keep repeating that cycle and as I said, each person is playing one of the heroes. Now it's an asymmetrical game, so each hero will play quite a bit differently from the others. So you have to take that into account when you're choosing your um, your team. You uh, you can do it randomly, or you could, everybody can you know make a decision on which hero they actually want to play. In the center of the rule book, there's a nice little um, chart which sort of gives you a an indicator of how complex a hero is to play, ranging from one to three is the complexity levels uh someone easy like legacy or haka is a complexity one um little you know then there's a few like some of the main people are like bunker or fanatic their complexity two and then going up to complexity three with somebody like absolute zero or you know the argent adept so when you get to those higher complexity heroes you're really paying attention to how their deck interacts with itself, like um, what combinations you need to be looking for to uh, really make your hero effective. So there's quite a bit of replay value in that. You know, there's a lot of different heroes, especially as you get into the expansions. So you could try something different every time and have a different feel. 
um, each time you play. And you also have to choose your villain. There's quite a, I think the base game came with about four different villains, and then each expansion typically comes with another four villains, and they range in difficulty from a one to four, according, according to their, uh, the manual. Uh, how the turns break down on the villain's turn, you, uh, everybody has a deck of cards, including the villain and the environment. So how the game starts, you look at the villain and look at his setup. The villain has specific setup on each of his uh, on each of his cards, and the setup will give you, like you know, you go through the villain's deck and pull out certain cards that go into play right away. A villain's uh, character card will have two sides to it. Quite often, it's the you know the hit points won't change from side to side, but sometimes they will. So yeah, you set up the the, the deck, you set up the game based on the villain, and um, and there'll be rules on the villain's card for when you might have to flip his card. And it'll be a different condition on each side. So like it'll say when Baron like for Baron Blade it says when Baron Blade would be destroyed, flip Baron Blade's villain card instead. So he sort of has a, a second life when you flip his card. And then um for his second uh side, there's no real way to flip him back. But quite a few of the other villains will have, you know, if you have certain number of henchmen in play, uh flip this this card and if you uh ever drop below a certain number of henchmen you might have to flip it back so a lot of the cards will flip back and forth baron blade who's like one of your starter villains he doesn't he only flips once and then you have to defeat him a second time kind of thing so like he has 30 health on his main side and then 40 health on his second side so he has a total i guess 70 health you're trying to defeat Uh, whereas your typical hero will have anywhere from maybe 24 to 29 health at most. So you can see there's quite a bit of difference in the amount of health that you might have. But whereas a lot of the other villains will have a lot more health, but they'll have a single health value regardless of the side you're on. So like some, there were, I think it was General Voss has like 90 health, and you flip them over, it's still the same 90 health. It's, it's the same pool, you don't have to change it. But that's essentially it. So at the beginning of the villain's turn, you look for any start of villain turn effects or start of his turn effects. You flip one of his villain cards, um, apply any effects from it if you have to, and then you go to end of turn effects. Then you move to the hero turns, and it, it plays out basically the same. Um, you go clockwise around the table. The first hero will start their turn. If he has any start of turn effects, he'll apply them. He'll play one of his cards out of his hand. You'll start with a hand of four cards. So you can play one of your cards. You can use one of your powers. So if you have a every um, hero card has a, a power listed on it, that's their basic hero power. But you can get additional powers by playing cards. They'll sit in front of you, typically from ongoing cards or equipment cards sometimes. So you'll choose one of, one of your powers that you have out to use. And then after you've used a power, you draw a card to fill your hand, to add to your hand. And then that's the end of your turn and you flip over to the next hero turn and and go on from there and so on and so on once all the heroes have gone then it's the environment the environment will this has a little deck as well it's a little bit simpler but typically you pull the first environment card read it apply any of any of its effects Uh, quite often with an environment it'll have an effect that'll affect everybody including the villain so it's a matter of uh, keeping track of what's happening to the to the battle based on that a card Sometimes environment cards will be destroyed at the end of the environment turn, or sometimes it'll have a uh, a way for you to get rid of that card based on your heroes. Like your heroes could all decide to discard a card from your hands to destroy an environment card. It it all depends on the environment and the situation, but 
that's just a few examples of how they you know how you can get rid of them and how it can affect gameplay so that's you know really that's the that's the bare bones of the game it's just everyone's trying to beat up the hero or the villain i should say and any uh, minions it might have and um trying to keep going until uh he's gone or until all the heroes are gone if a hero uh gets knocked out he's not necessarily out of the game when a hero gets uh down to zero hit points he flips his character card over and i'll have three basic actions that that hero can do when it's his turn um one of three so you can only choose you have to choose one of the three actions to do so you're still contributing you're still supporting the other uh people but that's about it but as soon as that fourth or depending on how many players there are as soon as all the heroes are knocked out the game is over there's also um so the game doesn't play much differently depending on the number of heroes you have it actually plays exactly the same but there's no real difficulty adjustment the only thing that changes is quite often a villain or or some other cards will adjust its strength based on the number of heroes in play so if I look at uh, Baron Blade here, um, on his main side, in the advanced area, which is an optional way you can play the game by using the advanced rules to make it a bit harder, it says, at the end of the villain turn, move the top H in a circle, which means the number of heroes minus two cards of the villain deck to under this card. So it's whatever that means for his particular abilities, that H with a circle around it is just indicating that based on the number of players, you take that number minus two and, and then you do the action. Or quite often it'll be like he's going to do heroes minus one damage to everybody. So if it's three player game, three minus one, so two damage to everybody. So that's the only thing that really adjusts the difficulty of the game is on occasion there's that one variable that'll come up. Otherwise, it's just everybody is just, you know, regardless of the number of players you have, it's just however many heroes you have against the villain and then being adjusted for the environment. So um, we just played this recently. I had played this before. Uh, this is the first time for Jeff and Drew. So what did you guys think? Well, we actually played it twice, I think, didn't we? Yeah, we did. We played it twice because the first time we played it, we were going against, uh, it was that General Voss and... He was, he was a, a nightmare. He was a nightmare. <laughs> he really was, you know, very, 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 yeah. Which, which is interesting because he's he's really, you know, he's he's one of the bigger villains, but he's not the biggest. No, but his oh. difficulty is like a three, like out of a max of four, and the two fours came out of a particular, uh, out of the Rook City expansion. So, uh, you know, other than those two fours, the uh, the highest difficulty was three at that yeah. up until that point. So he was one of the tougher ones. Now, I also think we, we played the first game. Was it was it just the three of us, or, or did yeah, Nick join us for the fourth? three? Yeah. yeah, it was just the three of us in the first game, and that was against General Voss. And I, we had his nemesis, which or, I was playing. And, I'm calling him General Voss. It's Grand Warlord Voss. I should correct that. Oh, well, you don't want to yeah. short him on the title. <laughs> well, you might get pissed. Yeah. Listen, um, Admiral. Yeah, and that's one thing I didn't mention either, the whole nemesis thing. Um, everybody, every hero has a, a hero icon, and then every villain has a nemesis icon. And if if your hero's little uh, symbol matches up with a with the villain you happen to be fighting against, you're sort of, they're like each other's nemesis, and then um, damage to and from those two particular characters will add one to it i think it, it just like, led me to being knocked out of the game quicker yeah because like, you um in that difficult. first game you were playing uh 
who were you playing? You were playing Tempest, I guess. Yes. Yeah, you were Tempest, and we were going against Grand Warlord Voss, and you guys are Nemesis, and it just, uh, yeah, he kept doing extra damage to you. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was not easy by any stretch of the imagination. It's, I mean, it's it would be one thing if you were, you know, just battling him and the environment, but uh, especially with him, his his whole know, thing his, was his, minions. Yeah, his minion cards came in and they kept coming in and some of his minions were I think it was his, very powerful. his ship yeah with the, and really, then he had a couple ships too. he kept bringing back minions up. that we killed yeah so he kept mean, doing damage to all of us every turn it was yeah. just a brutal ship yeah, you're, you're, you're trying to cut through this this swath of of minions and ships and whatever else he can throw at you as well as the environment and and it really kind of seemed like we we could only put a couple points of damage on on like him Per round, yeah, and he had a lot of re- damage reduction too because I think his yeah. uh, his depending on the number of minions he had out or something, it would reduce his damage. Yeah, I actually, get his card out here. Yeah, on the one side, it was two points reduced per minion. I think it was. Yeah, reduce his damage to Grand Order Voss by two for each minion in play, and as that's as long as he has um, less than ten minions. Oh no, oh no, no. As soon as he hits ten minions in play, the game's over. He wins. If he has no minions in play, then he flips. So that was one of the ones I was talking about before, is where different conditions will flip the cards. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Um, and we if, got him to flip. So. We got him to flip, and we, got, we were able to keep him flipped, which made it a little bit easier because as, as soon as he has no minions in play, he flips. So then you flip him over, and he, he doesn't flip back until he's at the point where he has two or more minions in play. So if you can keep his minions down then it, you can keep him from flipping back. And then while he's in this state, he um, he only reduces damage by one for each minion in play. So he's a little bit easier. <laughs> well, that was that was small comfort to my superhero yeah. widow. <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah, I, I don't know. It was it was pretty tough to, to get that kind of, you know, put any kind of damage on him that was appreciable. I, I think as... A starting game, we we picked the wrong villain. Yeah, true. Well, yeah. We let we let the comp- the app that you had. Pick yeah, that's us right. The I was using um, the Sidekick app on my tablet to uh, to help us randomize everything, and it also keeps track of health and everything, so it helps a little bit. So yeah, maybe letting the app take the hardest one of the hardest villains to begin with might have not been the best. But as far as the gameplay goes, um, I kind of felt like I I wanted a little bit more variation in in my superhero cards. That was coming out. I, I, you know, there, there's a, there is some variation in the cards you're going to see, but, but at the same time, over over the course of a game, you're going to keep seeing the same ones. Yeah. And, you know, maybe a bit more variety in in the cards would have been nice, but. Yeah, because um, um, each hero gets like a forty card deck, and there is a lot of repetition. Re- yeah, there yeah. was. I remember uh, Nick was actually complaining when she joined us for the second playthrough about she was seeing the same card over and over again. And yeah, I absolutely a valid, valid yeah. complaint about this. No, nah, and what we're not sure on is whether or not her deck actually ever got shuffled. But it, <laughs> so even, it's hard to say. Well, even yeah. having said that, yeah. mine yeah. was shuffled, and I yeah. definitely yeah. saw there's like five of the same card that came to me through yeah. the course yeah. of the second playthrough. Yep. And I mean, it was a useful card, so I wasn't complaining, but yeah. you do want a little more variety. Once you've seen like four cards, you kind of know what your guy's going to do, but yeah. then there's the, well, we're not going to do that was, yeah. that was the case. And, um, you know, with one of, one of my superheroes was it, it just didn't seem to have a synergy with, with the other ones. Yeah. And, you know, so you're, 
you know, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll do my point of damage, and then everybody else goes. But then that is one of the strengths as well, is that each of the heroes did play differently. Yeah, like, yeah, that, that makes it a bit interesting because it's you know, asymmetrical in that way. I, I'd like to see, you know, play it some more and see if there are some more of those synergies. Like, I, I, I know in the second game, one of the one of those synergies that we managed to find was uh, Randall's character was able to take a certain type of damage. I think it was like fire damage and, and convert that into something else, which then restored his health. Yeah. That was, um, absolute zero. And he does a lot of like, he takes fire and cold damage and he can, you know, if you have the right modules, which are equipment that he can have out, um, in play, then he, yeah, he can convert fire damage into damage that he can use against the hero or the villain. And if he can, can, convert cold damage into healing and you were able to do cold damage to me and i was able to heal a lot yeah that was that was the kind of interesting thing was i was not attacking the villain i was intentionally attacking you so that you could convert that damage into health so i i you know there there's probably a decent amount of those kind of synergies to be found in in the game but Mm -hmm. but i think you got to play through them and and i think it really relies on a you know a good combination of of heroes to find those yeah Um, and i could see certain heroes kind of falling out of favor because of the lack of synergy like uh the tempest basically didn't work with others he seemed to be more i'm just gonna try and hit stuff and the the other people can kind of assist him but then i had the argent agent in the second time through and he was all about helping other people. And he yeah. was much more enjoyable to me, even though he wasn't the attacking. I think we were playing against the rat. Yeah, in the second playthrough, we get went against the plague rat. Plague rat. Yeah. And I wasn't really attacking him. I was playing instruments and stuff to boost everyone else around. Yeah, you were buffing yeah. everybody else's abilities. Yeah. yeah, which was handy. And then, yeah, ten, and maybe it has come come down to the difference between playing... Uh, you know, a complex, a, a level one complexity hero as opposed to like your your yeah, Argent Adept and who's level three. three. Um, I know, and Nick was playing the Fixer, Mister Fixer, and she wasn't having a lot of fun with him. He's a complexity two. I had guys, but I don't. Guys is not in the book. Yeah, he's sort yeah, of like he's... a little add-on that came after the fact uh, apparently complexity two and five ninths <laughs> yeah he's their i guess their answer deadpool, to deadpool. deadpool sort of yeah he's like a little odd guy but he's kind of funny and then yeah i was playing absolute zero the second time and the first time who, who was i playing the first game i think i was playing oh was it expatriate yeah, no visionary yeah. it was that visionary was, yeah okay. drew was expatriate i believe i think in the first one yeah, yeah and i was playing visionary in the first one which was another kind of odd one she she could occasion do some damage but she had a lot of uh abilities that were almost um support in a way too yeah, yeah expatriate was the was the heavy hitter in the first game it yeah. was just that you know when we're up against you know there we made uh, no grand, one to heal grand us. moth Voss, yeah. yeah or whatever his title Warlord, was. yeah um yeah i mean he he was so tough that you know, I, I'd be putting out like four four points of damage, you know, in a good combination, and and he just he had so much room to, to well, just take it. We would finish a minion off because if we a minion came up, it would damage us at the start of the turn or the yeah, end of the his start turn. Of, a start of each hill and turn would take so much damage from the minion, and then we'd be taking damage from the warlord boss, and then yeah, know, there's a lot of damage going around. Yeah, and we had to focus on the minion, so we we did a little bit of damage to the main villain occasionally yeah. but yeah. it was just almost like trying to damage control by killing his minions and they just reappear because the ship would take them back to us and it's just like oh yeah, yeah. It was, in, in a way it, it 
it reminds me of Elder Sign. Yeah. Um, and, and that you, I mean, you could you could do the best you could do and still just get your ass handed to you by this. Because we were doing so much damage trying to get rid of the minions and get rid of the ship but that we hardly so did any damage to him. And yeah. he has like 90 hit points. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it, it really reminded me of that. Like, where, you know, we've got these these villains and they've got, you know, these different levels of power and, um, you know, hit points or whatever. And, you know, it, it reminded me of, of selecting, you know, one of those, one of the, you know, the uh, old ones from Elder Sign that's just, you know, too powerful for you. Like, right. And I'm almost thinking that you got to take the difficulty and, and use that to help you decide how many players you're doing. Because uh, the, the game, I think, plays at least two, but maybe it even plays one player. But I think it's like two to five yeah, players. Two to five. But there's so, so few things that scale with how many heroes you're playing with, it seems. that No, it, yeah. But that's what I'm thinking. Like If you take the difficulty and use that as part of your factor, so like a difficulty one... You know, might be better for two or three players as opposed to like a difficulty two or a three where, where you, you want, want to have full like four or five yeah. people are going yeah, against right. it. Yeah, that might be the big deciding factor. Yeah. And, yeah, I, I do kind of wish that you, know, you get this 40 card deck and, yeah, you can get a lot of different heroes. There's a lot of expansions out there that give you more heroes, but there's no way customizing it all so like you got your 40 cards and that's all you ever get yeah. you know there's no cards you can buy that'll or add to your deck or whatever so you can change things up a bit yeah you're just reshuffling that same 40 cards it's always that same 40 cards again. yeah yeah and that's what i mean about that very bill like I, I think if you know as an example if if um you know there was only two of each type of card in a 40 card deck so that you know i've got 20 things that I could potentially do. Yeah. You know, m- might add a lot to this game. I-, I think you're right. You know, the the number of villains uh, that, you know, come with the expansions and in the base set, uh, the number of superheroes, I think, you know, and, and you know, adding in the, the, the difference in, in environments, I think there's lots of variation to that end. Yeah. And yeah, you, you could, you could play this game, a bunch of times and never see the same combination of heroes and villains and environments. Right. But yeah, I, I think the that biggest drawback was was seeing the same cards in in my forty deck, you know, forty card deck coming up over and over again. Yeah. It just seemed a little bit, of, you know, as the rounds went, you know, just seemed well, a little bit. Repetitive. Particularly since you're only playing, well, usually depending on if you had skills that helped you play more than one card. Mm-hmm. Every time you come around, you're only playing mm-hmm. one card, and when you have a hand of three of the same card. Yeah, it just feels like you're stuck. Yeah, that was actually the nice thing about about guys was, um, you know, he, he had a, he had a certain ability that allowed him to basically rotate through his cards fairly quickly, you know, fairly quickly compared yeah. to the rest of the heroes. But at the same time, I'm rotating through the same cards. <laughs> yeah, true. At one point, I you know I had you know, I've got a hand of of you, know, you got a hand of four or five cards, and three of them are the same card. So. Yeah, and I find um, yeah, like you you start you start with a hand of four cards, and you're, like you're playing a card, and maybe you're drawing a card. Sometimes you can play more than one card. Um, there is a mechanism in the game, and if you don't, according to the turn order, if you don't play a card or use a power, then you can draw a second card during the draw phase. So instead of just drawing a single card, you could draw a second card. And then there was heroes that let you draw additional, you know, have a ways of drawing additional cards, yeah, so you can guys. get more in your hand. But yeah, it, it's it's. So I, I don't know. I, I think it, as far as the the components go, I I I like it. I you know it's it's very comic booky. 
the quality of the cards, like it's really decent card stock. Yep. Um, and and I I actually like the the uh, the variability in the game, and I don't mind the way it plays out. But but for me, the only shortcoming in this game was was that variety lack of lack of of variation in what I can do. Yeah, for your hero in, in yep. my action turn. So otherwise, I mean, it it, it was fun, but. I think they they would need to do something about well, I mean at this point, you know, six years after the fact you know, go <laughs> yeah. go back in time and fix that. <laughs> yeah. And the game, you know, it has you know, they they did a lot with this game. Like I I have a couple of the expansions and a couple of the promos that you could buy individually. Um but there's additional there's a lot of expansions out for this game. Yeah. So they have, you know, they they've supported it well. They've released a lot out there for it so there's you know if you buy into the expansions there's going to be a lot of replayability um it's just yeah there's there are there are shortcomings to the game yeah absolutely i think think you're going to find in in that replayability i I don't know the the replay is going to seem very similar every time yeah like yeah maybe and and i think not that that's necessarily that but too much yeah. It's going to seem seem like the same game too much over and over again. And uh, I did one thing I did kind of like about it. You know, they're building their own universe out of this because of course, obviously you can't. You know, they don't want to go with a, a known yeah. faction um, comic out there the because IP. pay for you know intellectual property to somebody. So they've made their own. Obviously, they, you know, there's influences there for for heroes that exist already. But I think they did a pretty good job that way, like yeah. making each hero feel different yeah. and and play differently enough that. It, it's it's interesting, yeah, yeah, and like I say, I mean, you know, guys was it was pretty obvious that he he was a ripoff of Deadpool, yeah, you know, breaking the fourth wall in in the <laughs> cards and stuff like that, but um, but you know, looking at at the other ones, I I really didn't see any, and like I said there was influences, but I didn't really see any where I where I thought that is a clear ripoff, of, yeah, no, like, no, of an IP, yeah, so because yeah, they have you, this you really guy, kind of handed to him, they did a good job with, that. yeah, there's this guy Bunker, and you can see that, like he's obviously the big metal dude who's like Iron Man but when you actually look at his deck he doesn't you know he doesn't play like you would think Iron Man would play yeah. so he's very uh, individualized blast. that way okay so we'll move on to the next game from here and so now we'll move into our second game which is Legendary a Marvel deck building game uh, it's put out by Upper Deck it was uh, released in 2012 so just a year after Sentinels um, the designer is uh, Devin Lowe, and um, most of his credits go back to the Marvel system. He um, he did do work on various Magic the Gathering sets. Um, I'm not going to list any of them. It's just too many to list. And then there's also a couple of other little things he worked on. There's a, apparently a G.I. Joe trading card game and uh, uh, Access and Allies miniatures. So... Um, artists again there's a lot of artists too many to list because it's mostly all the art is either coming from um, the various uh, Marvel comic books or uh, you know if it is if it is done for the uh, for the game it's it's all unique art so they have a lot of different artists working on it for each each different uh, hero I didn't talk about mechanisms but uh, this one is basically just a cooperative play deck building that's a, for this game. It's pretty simple. The rule book uh, for the legendary. It's a fairly. It's a fairly good rule book. Um, Upper deck has been um, in the game actually for a little while now. With they, they've done quite a few uh, card games in the past, so they do know what they're doing when it comes to card games. Um, the the rule book's laid out fairly nicely. Um, it uh, talks about um, you know your 
basic setup with the different player decks, how to how to set up the villains and um, how to choose your heroes and get everything set up on the board. Uh, the original version of this game, which is, which is what I own, came with a hard a hard board, like a, a folding um, player board. I think the newer versions are coming with a soft um, neoprene kind of uh, uh, rollout mat. But it's all essentially the same thing. The board has a various number of air, um, areas on it. It has the um, the heroes sort of HQ, which is where you lay out all the different heroes each uh, during each turn that are available for recruitment. There's a um, the city, which has a number of spaces. I think it's uh, six spaces that the uh, no maybe it's five spaces that the hero uh, the villains will um, move across as um, as they're going throughout the city until they escape. There's an area for uh, bystanders. There's an area for wounds. Um, there's a, a shield agent that's um, always available for recruitment, which I'll talk about uh, when I describe how the uh, the game plays out. And there's um, an area for your mastermind, who's your main villain that you're fighting against. There's also an area for the villain deck and the hero deck for the different cards that come out as you're playing the game. Uh, so, And essentially that's it. It's, it's just a card game. So the components are a board and cards, and that's it. Being upper deck you know they've been making cards for uh you know people who collect um baseball or hockey or whatever for a long time so they know how to um to make cards so their cards are quite good quality very decent quality cards there's a lot of different expansions available available for this game now i own uh, a few of the different expansions some of the earlier ones uh then there's some bigger expansions that have come out as well since um since then they've changed the art a bit um, as they've gone through the different expansions for the heroes. Uh, in the original game, um, each hero has about four different cards, four different versions of the, of that hero in that hero's um, deck, I guess you could say. And so it's like you're going from different stages maybe in the hero's career or, or different um, you know levels of difficulty, but starting you know with the, I guess, the cheapest version of the hero going to the most expensive expensive version of the hero and there's going to be a number of different a variable number of of each type of card depending on what level it's at um now in the original version the artwork didn't change too much between the 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 basic and then going up to the uh the advanced version of the hero but then as they started coming out with the expansions they started playing around with that some more whereas um like the basic hero would have you know, just a little bit of art showing, and then you get more art showing and more art showing until you had the full card exposed. Or did they do that for the main game too? I can't remember now. But then I think it wasn't until like some expansions where they started playing around with the artwork a bit more between the different versions of the hero. So before, I think I think that was the main thing. I think in the original game, the artwork was always the same. Yeah, you got to see a bit more of it for each version of the hero, but it didn't change. But then in the expansions, they started playing around so that you'd have different artwork for for each card. So it wasn't always the same piece of art you're looking at. So how the game basically works, you choose, uh, I think it's based on the number of players. I'll, I'll go through the different setup here. You choose a, um, a mastermind, and that mastermind will have a scheme. So that's his overall goal for the game. Based on the mastermind and the scheme, you'll have a certain number of uh, villain groups that I'll add into the uh, the villain deck, and henchmen groups, and potentially uh, bystanders as well. So sometimes bystanders will get mixed in with the villains, and certain things will happen if you draw a bystander. 
but uh, you'll make up a villain deck with all those different cards and put it off to the side. You'll choose a number of heroes and it'll... Uh, I think it pretty much is the same except for maybe if you're playing a five-player game where you, then you might play... Uh, you might have six heroes in your deck. But you'll typically take five different heroes and each hero has... Um, I think it's a deck of... So each hero has 14 cards in their little hero deck. You'll take um, five different heroes and uh, shuffle them all together to make your hero deck. If you were playing with five players, you'd add a sixth hero in there. Uh, those will each sit into their own little locations on the side of the board. Um, and then from the hero deck, you'll populate the, the HQ. And you'll you know take the top five cards and then put them across the, uh, the HQ. So you have five different options for recruitment. Each player will get a basic starting deck, which will include four shield troopers and eight shield agents. The difference being troopers are used for attack, agents are used for recruitment. So how, that, how you determine that, in the bottom of each card is either a symbol that looks like a claw mark with a number in it, that's for attack, or to be a star with a number in it, and that's for recruitment. At the beginning of each hero turn, you, you'll you draw six cards, and that'll be your hand. And then when it's your turn, you will use recruitment or attack um, as you can um, in the game. The uh, The mastermind will typically be, you know, there's a number of different masterminds out there. They'll have a main card for them, which will tell you uh, what will happen during uh, when certain cards will come out of the uh, villain deck. Um, a couple of things that get added to the villain deck that I didn't mention before are Master Strike cards and uh, Scheme Twists. So um, if a Master Strike comes out, you'll look at your villain and see what happens during the Master Strike. Uh, scheme Twist will uh, change depending on what the scheme is for the uh, the villain. Um, so you'll, if you pull a Scheme Twist in the villain deck, take a look at the scheme and see what happens there. Uh, the villain. So at the beginning of each player's turn, they'll take the top card of the villain deck and add it to the first um, location on the uh, city. The locations start with sewers, then they go to the bank, the rooftops, streets, and then the bridge. And then if they ever get pushed off the bridge, then they're, um, they've escaped. So a player will take the first villain card, add it to the sewers. If there's already a, um, a villain out, you'll push any, any villains over to the next base's on the track and um, then you'll look at the villain and see if he has any special abilities that trigger when he comes out that's usually called an ambush ability um, after the villain comes out then the uh, the player will take their hand uh, hand of cards and either if they can attack the villain they they'll use up any attack they have to do that if they can't then you sort of lose that attack um, you'll take any recruitment you have and start recruiting hero cards from the HQ into uh, your discard pile so that they eventually get shuffled back into your deck and then they'll become they'll come up in future turns and that's essentially it um what your goal is is to stop the villain from winning from what depending on the scheme um you're trying to prevent them from you know um getting something off either um sometimes it could be if the um the villain gets away with so many bystanders um they'll win or if so many um hero cards get knocked out and put into the knocked out area then the villain could win so all depending on what that is you'll be uh just trying to prevent that the villain the mastermind has um with him with his main card there'll be four additional cards underneath and so what that means is every time you attack them the mastermind 
uh, you take one of those random cards underneath and apply its results. Sometimes it'll be bad. Quite often it's, also, it's going to be good for the hero. So it's like if you defeat the mastermind, something good happens for you. But once you've defeated the mastermind four times, you've won. Uh, yeah, so that's essentially it. There, um, I mean, there's also wounds that can be applied to you. Wounds are dead cards that can get added to your deck. Um, so that you know, if you ever pull them, there's not much you can do with them. Yeah, they, they just take up space in your They hand. take up space in your hand and in your deck. If you sort of skip your turn, if you have a wound in your hand and you skip your turn, you can get rid of the wound. Um, certain characters will trigger off of wounds. Um, one thing I didn't talk about, uh, when you have your heroes, all the different heroes have different um, triggers. Each hero has uh, symbols for teams they belong to. They'll have symbols for abilities they might have. Like uh, some some heroes are like strength heroes, so they'll have like a green Hulk fist on their card. Some are ranged heroes. There's tech heroes, um, mental uh, like master uh, mental uh, instinct heroes. They call them. Sorry. There's covert heroes as well. So it's ranged, tech, covert, instinct, and strength heroes. So they're all little symbols that appear on the cards. And then along with that, there's also the teams that the heroes might belong to. What these symbols can do are, are sort of trigger special abilities. So like um, sometimes it'll be um, uh, Spider-Man. If you bring him out and you've already played, say, um, another um, covert hero or something like that, then the second time you play play him you might get an, a special um, effect off quite often like someone like the hulk might have um he'll be a strength hero so you play your first hulk card out and he might be a two damage card um but then you play a second hulk if you have it in your hand he might trigger off of the fact that you've played the first hulk and do additional damage so there's things like that there's a little combos you can there's a lot of different combos you can come out with in this game um, based on the different symbols that that are available so it's really something you have to sort of be aware of when you're recruiting uh, heroes um, out of the uh, out of the HQ. Um, you really want to try to get cards that are going to have a synergy that'll work with all your other cards. Mm-hmm. Like the basic cards you you start with, who are all shield agents. They're really just um, general cards, and they don't uh, they don't really trigger off of much of anything. So if you ever have a chance to get rid of cards, you're typically going to be getting rid of your your shield cards. Uh, first anyways bystanders i didn't um, i did mention that there were bystanders uh usually what will happen is sometimes some schemes will have if uh if a scheme twist comes out you know take a bystander add it to the first villain or whatever and then that villain will be be carrying a bystander with them and sometimes you know if they have a bystander they might be stronger stuff like that so there's a lot of different um, things like that that can come up in this game yeah i think that's covered most of it anyways um, each hero has a different recruit cost. Um, it'll be that's represented by a, a, a sort of a circular a circle in the bottom uh, right corner of the card, and they'll range anywhere from two. And I think the most expensive I, I've seen of getting up to eight. So you get some heroes that are like eight recruit, which are like the biggest, toughest versions of, of those heroes usually. So yeah, we played this. Uh, this is the first game we played just a couple of days. No, last week it was last week we were playing. I can't remember. We we, we were going through the random generator and. I had a, a random generator that we were using to to set this up because there's so many different masterminds and so many different schemes. It's just, you know, who do you choose? So if you do it randomly, it makes it a bit easier. So, but it took us a while because I was having some trouble with the random <laughs> generator. I kept getting ones that I didn't have. I was like, why don't I have this? I don't, it, was, it was showing sets I didn't have for some stupid reason. So we, we got that figured out. 
we finally got a who was our was it Red Skull? Red Skull. Yeah. I think it was Red Skull. I think he is one of the easier villains because he's only like a seven toughness. Yeah, he was. It was easier yeah. to beat him than some of the people in the city. Yeah, because of the way that some of the villains that were, were coming out. Yeah, yeah that's true. Because yeah, I think when you get the Red Skull, one of the included villain groups has to be like Hydra team or one of the Hydra groups, and then I think we also had like. Sinister Six. Yeah, we had the Sinister Six out there. We had uh, um, Brotherhood of Mutants. Oh, Radioactive. Maybe Brotherhood of Mutants. I can't remember now. Maybe not. I don't think so. But anyway, either way. That's, um, so, yeah, you get a number of random sort of like villains and henchmen that sort of are included in the uh, in the villain deck. So I guess that's almost one of the... You know, I really like this game because there's a lot of variation to it. Um, it's a sta- it's a typical deck builder, like a lot of the deck builders. So you start with a basic basic deck, and you're 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 recruiting new cards into it, trying to get some kind of engine going with those cards. But some of the things that can sort of fall by the wayside is, yeah, you got your mastermind, and he always has a certain villain group with him. But then these other villain groups that sort of get shuffled in Turned there, and they down. don't always make sense, I guess. Well, even the randomization for the heroes, it, I found the one time I played it, we didn't do that. We just picked. We randomized our villain, and we ended up picking, like, a team. Yeah. And putting them together. And I, I found that a little more enjoyable because they work off of each other better. Yeah. So it was easier to build a deck. You didn't feel like you were stealing, like, a card from someone else if they'd been collecting, say, Colossus cards. True. And you yeah. thought you needed one, but you kind of, like, oh, well, they're the only ones that really work with Colossus in this game because there's no synergy with anybody else. So you kind of hesitate in your deck building and areas like that unless the teams work well together yeah but at the same time you know like that this is the, the part where i give this um you know legendary the the nod over sentinels is that i i can actually customize my deck you know oh yeah <laughs> yes Re- regardless of what you might have even if you do have a random assortment of heroes you know you can choose which ones you're going yeah. to recruit yeah and and you know, you you can look for those look for those synergies and and start to capitalize on them as as the the heroes enter each queue. Um, well, it is an easier game too. So it, it, it like the I'm, you I were don't worrying think that, about that it's necessarily easier. I, I think the gameplay, you know, and and uh, you know, BGG is going to bear this out. Like the the weight of both games is almost identical. Yeah, yeah. And um, so so the gameplay is not not really that hard. What I think you you might focus on more in this game is like as you as you're deck building, you're looking for those uh, for those synergies. But at the same time, uh, you know, as Randall pointed out, there's uh, you know like four or five different variants of of the hero himself yeah. that you might see. And so you you really look at at you, you know you have to start looking at the text that's included on the bottom of the card to see you know is is there is there some additional special thing that can be taken advantage of so you know it's i wouldn't call that necessarily complexity but you know it gets additional factors that you Mm -hmm. you might take into account i think the reason i say it's easier is because you're really only worried about two things one is recruitment that a card gives you and one is damage and then the synergy adds to one of those two well yeah i I mean not to say that it's simplistic it's just a little simpler than the other one where you had damage types and right other things like that all the different so, types of damage whereas this there's no damage is damage yeah. no matter what it is yeah, yeah. no I, th- I think you're right you're the 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 complexity comes in um, in how you synergize choosing, your cards yeah, yeah which which hero to buy in order to maximize that synergy yeah if, right. I mean, if there is one yeah uh, in my case it was i don't know how many rounds of not being able to get anything 
And that can be that can happen a lot yeah. too. Yeah, depending on what you draw, you may not have enough recruitment to get any you know decent heroes, especially if the heroes start getting expensive. And you're you're kind of hoping for someone to get rid of some things that, so you can get something new in right away and and hopefully then afford it. But then if you you just lose a turn, like you're not doing anything. You always have the ability. I didn't mention it, but you always have the ability to recruit. Well, as long as you have three recruitment um, agents, I think it's like a shield. Oh, officer, officer yeah, yeah, shield officer. And all she does is she gives you two more recruitment. So she goes into your two or three, two, two. 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 Yeah, she gives you two more recruitment. So yeah, she's you normally a, have one. Normally you'd have one with one with an agent. Yeah. With her you get uh, two recruitment. So, um, and also we didn't run in. I think because we were playing Red Skull and he was a little easier. Um, we didn't run into a situation. Typically, I think what it is is I think if a villain escapes, you have to also KO a hero out of the HQ. So you could yeah. So that we didn't have any of that. We didn't really have anyone escape, I don't think. No, I think one, I think there was a one or two, but we may have forgotten um, to KO but, the but hero it, then. Interestingly, that can work to your advantage because yeah. you know, if if the heroes in the HQ are too expensive for anybody to buy or, you know, it's just not a card that's working for anybody's synergy at that moment, you know, like, hey, great, let's get rid of this one. You know, let's yeah. get rid of this eight-point hero that nobody, nobody can, can afford, afford. You know, and and get a fresh card in there, get something different. Yeah, true. So uh, yeah, like I said, I, I think, and I think we may it, have forgotten to do that. Though. Be a, <laughs> no, well, we only we had should, we one, for sure did it a couple. Times. I think we only had was it one or two guys escape though. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know if we KO'd anybody when they escaped. I think we might have forgotten that part. Mm, okay, for sure. you might. Sure. Yeah, I remember clearing remember. some eight-point cards sure. at one point. But there was also um, a triggered ability that uh, I think, I can't remember if it was a Spider-Man ability or someone else. No, I think it was Professor X who could take a, a hero out of the HQ and put him on the bottom of the hero deck. I think that, I know there was like an eight-pointer yes. we got rid of that way yeah. by clearing him out that way so we could get someone else in. But, I remember that. Yeah, it was... In, in in my case, it was a little bit hard to get my deck going. Yeah. But, um, yeah. But I mean, once once you do, then you know the game became a lot more interesting and fun. Yeah, it can you know, be you a can bit slow. Look at helping. Yeah, at first. You know, I'm I'm you know for I don't know how many rounds I'm just not helping the team at all. Like all I can do is try to rotate cards out of my hand, buy those officers, so I can possibly afford something in a couple rounds and, and I, I think there's several cases where you were just after me and i'd buy the card that you could finally start making some <laughs> well and it's just like it's part of the frustration yeah. as you see the cards that you want to put in your deck disappearing because other people need the same yeah. sort of stuff going on so well i guess it was anything i could afford but yeah but yeah i mean when, once uh you know once your deck engine gets going then you know, yeah, the game becomes a lot more interesting. You know, oh, there's a little bit yeah. of tension in the tick, like it's almost a ticking time clock. Like there's, mm-hmm. you know, depending on the scheme and the villain, um, you know, yeah, those those uh, those super baddies are are hitting the streets, and you know, if they escape, I mean that that can really cost you the game. Yeah, it, it really on, depends yeah. on the scheme that's happening, but yeah, it really it does. So it you really got to get that engine going quickly. And the, and the yeah. level of satisfaction when you get that sequence of cards yeah. to work that you just yeah. draw the right ones yeah. and have like a line of six go down that just like wipes the board of villains or beats the guy like yeah. the, the villain <laughs> it, it's it has a level of satisfaction that the other game was lacking true yeah yeah no i i, I can see that and um and there's quite a bit of repeal 
play building this game too, oh, just because there's been so many sets, and it, and it seems like with each set they'll introduce a new uh, mechanic of some type, like well, a new like keyword that. or something. You know the, the the fact that you're you're building your own deck. I mean, I'm not seeing that like Sentinels. I, I if I'm I, I pick my hero and those are the only forty cards I'm going to see that game. Right. You know, in this one, um, you know, e- even if you had the same villains and the same scheme, whatever. You know the the deck that you're going to build off of those heroes is likely going to be different every game. True. So, well, and seeing the same card if you have multiples of the same card usually isn't a bad thing in this game because yeah. you will they'll synergize with each other and build right for an attack or recruitment or something. Where in the yeah. other game, because you're only playing one card and you know that you're stuck with these other two in your hand that are identical for the next couple turns, yeah. it just makes it a little more interesting for you, when you put your own deck together and can play all the cards in a single round rather than well i'm stuck with this hand for yeah, two or yeah. three rounds before maybe i'll see something different and being a deck builder you're you're going through your hand the whole time because you you put play you get you pull your six cards you'll play them however you do sometimes they'll let you draw more cards or whatever but you'll you'll get your whole hand out and whether you use it or not you discard it and then you draw a whole new hand so it's it's different each round um especially as you start recruiting things and that's you know one thing it has over the sentinels where sentinels you start with four cards and you know maybe you'll start playing a card or two here or there but you know you're not getting a huge hand of cards that you're cycling through it's it's and it's difficult yeah. to like you're staying at parity usually in that game with just four cards you play one you draw one yeah this if you're here, if you're at the very base you're playing and drawing yeah this one here depending on your heroes in legendary you could be drawing cards as you play and still being able to use them, you know, whatever you're yeah. pulling, you're yeah. using that round, so they're all useful immediately. Right. Yeah. Well, in, except in some cases where you don't get enough recruitment or something. Right? <laughs> yeah. Which once yeah, your it's... deck starts going, it's rare to have a round where you're just sitting, going, oh, yeah. "I can't do anything." Yeah. Exactly. And those are true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's frustrating too because you know I I might be able to play. I'd have six cards in my hand. I might be able to play two. And the other four are completely useless. Yeah. So, yeah, you just basically dump them back into your discard pile. And quite often that's going to be attack, too, because you might get, like, three or four recruit. And you can, you know, as long as you have at least three recruit, you can always recruit at least something. And, you know, um, depending on who you have for heroes, there's quite a few uh, heroes that have at least, you know, sometimes a two recruit hero. You know, Spider-Man has a lot of two recruit hero versions of himself. So. Yeah, we weren't getting those. There was a lot of, like... Six you know, to five eight. to eight. Yeah, we did get a lot and of the big ones. Yeah, the hand I yeah. kept drawing was I'd, I'd have two two recruit and four, you know, four uh, attack, and there was We'd nothing that I could actually take guys. out for four. Yeah, <laughs> and I couldn't buy anything for two. So, yeah, and yeah, yeah the heroes, tough. the the henchmen. You know, there was quite often a like, henchman that only needed three attack to destroy but you know if we destroy them before it gets to you then you're sort of stuck well um, and and the ones that we had um they got they, stronger they, they got stronger with that's right yeah with um bystanders yeah if they had a bystander they had a, like an additional two strength per bystander yeah. i think yeah. it was and there was quite a few things that would pull a bystander and throw them on there so it was uh kind of annoying that way but i mean all, all that being said for how how you know frustrating it was just at the start trying to get my deck going yeah i i think i i enjoyed legendary 
quite a bit more consent. Yeah, we, you know, I guess we were at that point now anyway, so we can come to our final thoughts. And, and oh, I'm sorry, did I jump ahead? If... You jumped ahead. <laughs> well, we're at page. The, we're this pretty much at the better. end of this. <laughs> we're at the end of this game anyway, so we can say it. So yeah, you're, you're, you're right. You're, you're saying, yeah, you, you're enjoying Legendary a bit more. They're both excellent games. I like yeah. them both. Um, but in the end, I, I, I have to admit, I, I think I like Legendary more too. It's... You know, sometimes it's the IP because, you know, Legendary, I'm seeing all my heroes. You know, I grew up with these guys, right? And, you know, it's it's cool when I get Iron Man out there. He was, you know, I, oh, I got to get my Iron Man because he's like one of my favorites or, or whatever. But, you know, that, that plays a big into it, a big part of it. But it also is a, for a deck builder, they're different games. They're obviously one's a deck builder and the other one is just a straight um, asymmetrical heroes, uh, you know, beating up on a villain or whatever. But in both games, you're kind of beating up on a villain. But you know, you're getting a bit more variety, I think, with the uh, with legendary for us because you got your villain, but you got some other villains sort of um, mixed in there. And I, I mentioned before where it may not always make sense, but you know, when you read comics, it doesn't always make sense. You always have your main villain that maybe there's a several, you know, issue arc that you're fighting this villain. But sometimes the hero also has to deal with these other little guys that come along right that may not have anything to do with the main guy so it, it does kind of make sense in, in some ways that way i know there are people out there who kind of um maybe dig on 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 the legendary marvel game for that reason maybe i don't know but they you know but they've been supporting it they put a lot out there for it and i like it and so mm-hmm. yeah I, i'd have to give the nod to uh legendary myself as well i I lean towards legendary, but they're very close for me. Yeah. And I, I see legendary as an easier game. I and probably in the six times I've played it, I think I've won every single time. Like that's yeah. lucky then, because I know there's quite a few times where I've lost it. Yeah, I've lost it. <laughs> yeah. And the uh, Sentinels, it was a more difficult game, mm-hmm. and I it wasn't a difficult frustration for me. Like it was just mm-hmm. tougher. Yeah, and there were yep. problems with the fact that you were stuck with that deck and repetitive cards and stuff mm-hmm. but i still really enjoyed it but legendary comes out on top because of the original property or yeah. the intellectual property aspect of it like the superheroes do make it more interesting seeing the hulk and spider-man and the wolverine and that type of thing mm-hmm. in the game yeah you just identify with them and it's kind of cool that they have the different versions of each hero in that little you know it's only 14 cards you get for a hero but you know, in, in those fourteen cards, there's those four different versions of that hero in there, which mm-hmm. can represent different. Maybe it's different part, points in their career or or whatever, which is kind of neat too. Um, and they also vary the number of uh, number of each card. I think based on its strength. Like I think the eight point one, there might only be one eight point card yeah, in that fourteen, and then you you know going down from there. It's almost like it's almost like they've taken the common, uncommon, rare, and super rare kind of idea you get from collectible games, yeah. and and made it into a added it to this sort of this deck builder. Mm-hmm. So that you know, you may you may get you know see that eight point out there. Oh, I really want that eight point guy because he has he's really cool. He does some really cool abilities, but he's so expensive. It's hard to build up that recruit. So you're like you know churn, you know just turn after turn. You're just trying to find a way to get your synergy to work so you can get that big guy yeah like drew said i think it's the putting together your deck where you know what to expect from it you know what you're going to pull yeah eventually and works together instead of drawing similar cards every round and being frustrated (laughs) because i just played this and i played it to get rid of it and now i see it again so yeah 
Legendary for me is the better game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I, I, like I said, like you said, it is it is close. I do really enjoy Sentinels of the Multiverse. I, I you know, I'm not. I now that we've played it a couple times again, and it's been a while since I played it. I I, I do want to get it to the table a little bit more often. Yep. Yeah, like I, like I said, I, I I'm very curious um, to see you know like to to play some of some of the other heroes, um, see them in different combinations. And, yeah. and see you know where some of those. Um, you know, you know those synergies between the the superheroes exist. Um, yeah, and that's the thing too. Like we, we in both games, we were kind of using a random generator just to get the game going. Right? Yeah, but um, the, both games can really benefit from building like designing your your team mm-hmm. so like okay we're going to pick some heroes well who do we want well i want to let's get some you know let's get a ranged hero in there and you know if we can get them and if especially if you can get them from the same team quite often there's some synergy you can get from that as opposed to like if you had five heroes from five different teams well then it's sort of a mishmash and they don't always mesh well and you yep. may not get any kind of combos working with them properly um as opposed to like when you're just choosing them and, and going that way and same with sentinels if you can a little bit harder with sentinels though because you'd have to almost go through each hero read every card and you know read their cards and their abilities and, and okay how does this guy work okay then let's look at this guy how does he synergize with this other guy and it's like uh it's a bit more work with sentinels to to design you know to to pick it yourself as opposed to legendary, I think it'll work a little bit easier because you can just look at a team. Avengers, okay, who's you know on the they're going to work together. You have you have a good chance they're going to work together. Yeah, it's a little bit easier to design. Yeah, a team. Okay, well there you go. Um, this week's winner is going to be legendary, a Marvel deck building game. Uh, coming up next is going to be our Imperial Assault segment. Um, so not not a lot has changed that come out since the last time we recorded. Uh, the only new preview that's come out is now the uh, Cap- the Captain Taro um, blister that's coming out, who's the um, the captain that's on the Dewback. Uh, he also includes a Dewback, a generic Dewback rider in their uh, card in there as well. And the only other thing that I think that might have happened has been the Worlds has happened since then. So the uh, the Fantasy Flight Worlds where they had all the different um, tournaments happen at the same time. It's one of those things where it's so far away from us, it's hard for us to go to it um, being up here in Edmonton. And this is probably the closest it's ever going to be to us, <laughs> yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. Well, and, and as we as we discussed a little bit earlier today, the, the Austin regionals happened. Uh, yeah, I guess um, we saw um, one of the, on the uh, forums, one of the uh, gentlemen who was at the, uh, at the Austin regionals, um, which I guess they had like 14 players or whatever, um, did a nice, really, really nice write-up of it, and he actually is from another podcast, um, which is on a little bit of a hiatus called Mandalorian Tactics. So he was describing the various um, teams that were that you could see out there, which was largely troopers. Uh, you know, yeah. it's like almost all troopers. There was a few other things, but yeah, one one rebel, one rebel, and, and was there? A, I think there was a merc. Uh, a yeah, I, I kind of want to say that there was two in there two in the in the list yeah um yet a lot of troopers but it's mostly all troopers of some type or another well it's the same with worlds there was yeah 84 people for imperial assault and almost half of the lists were trooper lists so i I mean there's variation a little bit in those lists but Mm -hmm. 40 lists of just troopers yeah 
Oh, so many troopers. <laughs> but uh, what do you want to and, talk about first? Do you want to talk? Yeah, and speaking of troopers, Captain Taro. Yeah. Captain Taro, he's another trooper. <laughs> but, you know, he's at least a, a new trooper, and he's a... Yeah. And he's got a pet. He's a pet, yeah, he's mounted. Well, and, the, and I think this is the first time I've seen a pack where it's like... A, well, bigger packs, like the Banthas and mm-hmm. yeah. creature-type things, where it's like they've made it a strong case to buy three of them so that you can field three of yeah. these guys. Yeah, yeah was, that was interesting. The only other one that had dual purpose was the ATST, was Captain, or General Vice, Yeah, because he um, he could also be repurposed as a regular ATST. But you know, how, what are the chances of that? Like a two, well, and, you buy General Vice. You, it comes with the game itself. Comes with an ATST. So you got your two. You're not really going to buy a third. You're never going to need a third. Well, you can't even field a third because they're red. Yeah. So you could. Well, you, no. An ATST point costs... isn't unique though. So it's red, so you can have two. Yeah. And then you can have General and then you Vice. Got General Vice. Yeah. That's okay. that's what I mean. Yeah. It's uh, same with this situation where you got uh, Captain Taro, but then you could also, in theory. Field two field dubacks, two dubacks yeah. and with their point cost, it's totally feasible. Yeah, yeah, you're looking at only 17 points for, for two dubacks and two dubacks and Captain Taro yeah. combined, and for an imperialist, for individual creatures, they're mobile. Yeah, they hit fairly hard. Like I just, I think these are going to make their way in to imperialists. They're just too good to pass up without yeah. at least taking an honest look yeah. at them. Yeah. Because you got, well, for your dewback rider, he's five points. You're getting green, blue, yellow for attack dice with nine health and four speed. Now, the the four speed sounds slow until you include his mounted ability, which gives him three movement points at the start of his activation. So yeah. even without spending move as an action, you're getting three movement points to start with. So that actually makes these guys quite mobile. Well, really versatile because, yeah, they could do three movement and then still have two actions or, you know. And they've given them two actions yeah. that are worth doing in that you have your shock lance as an action, which isn't an attack, but you roll a yellow dice and choose a figure within two spaces and do wounds equal to the wound results on the die. And if you roll a surge, they become weakened yeah. on top of that. And then you can also attack with which is a pretty decent attack with blue green yellow yeah yeah and there's there's a enough damage in there to to hit pretty good but there's also a nice amount of surge in that combination of dice which he gets three surges which they're they're average surges especially for his point cost with uh two plus one wound surges and the pierce two they're they're decent you're probably going to get one or two of those off a time with his dice rolls depending on you know the defense that you're going against yeah, I think you're likely to get... I think the majority of the time you're, you're going to pull off two surges yep. with that combination. Yeah. And then you can upgrade to Captain Taro, who's only two points more. So at seven points, you're getting a lot more health. You're getting four more points of health. He goes up to 13. The additional speed, I think, is great. And speed five. Yeah. The same attack profile. And they reduce his amount of surges. So they combine the two plus one surges for into wound one into plus one. Two plus two wounds and then still pierce two and then they replace his shock lance of the dewback rider with a flamethrower which i don't know what you guys think about this but being able to hit something within two spaces without having to worry about line of sight yeah doing an automatic wound and automatic strain and automatic weakened 
and everything that's adjacent it. to it as well. So it's like a grenade, you know, it's, it's a grenade that doesn't need to have line of sight. It's only, you know, two spaces isn't very far, but still, you know, you can move pretty quickly. You can move eight and then do a flamethrower on a, on, on a group before anything's, you know, yep. really realize what's happened. Yeah. Well, it's, a, it's either that or, you know, if you're, you know, he has the mobility to get in. He, you know, he can flamethrower and then still have a move to, to get back out. So, you know, that he can close that that gap to get that two yeah. two space distance and then get back and then you you look at and a lot of times people don't notice how important these can be but his description is trooper leader and creature yeah those are three leader cards excellent mm-hmm. descriptions because creature there's a bunch of cards out there that you could use like ferocity on this guy yeah. and give him an extra attack at the end of the round leader cards are well there's always good leader cards like planning and stuff like that out there for him and then the trooper gives him synergy with even like i don't know kane somos mm-hmm. not a lot of people use them but trooper leader kane somos yeah he's seven that one's five what's that card um if it's if you can activate a second group if it's uh not not greater than 12 points yeah yeah so that you can you know that he would work I think it's a trooper card, I, I believe. I don't know which one you're talking about. I can't think of what it's actually called. Right yeah, now. I'll have to look at command cards here. Because I think I was using it recently myself. Um, squad, no, Squad Swarm squad might be the same name. Um, but he would work with that, not himself. The two Dubaks would. But I thought there was another one. Yeah, what was that card called? Uh, Rally the Troops? Is it? Maybe? No, sorry, that's that's actually a Kane Somos card, so that's not good. Oh. Um, there was another one, though. Mm. But it is one that I thought that allowed another trooper to go. It, there was something I remember. There's Squad Swarm, which is, you can... Well, that's the one that, as long as well, it's, it's the same, same name. name. Yeah, yeah, there's one that's 12 points. I do remember that there's one, if it's, if it's less than 12 points, you can... There we go. So the card I'm thinking of is Strength in Numbers. Use after you resolve a group's activation. You may immediately activate another group. The combined cost of these, uh, the planned deployment cost of these groups cannot exceed 12. So you know, with his seven and a do back of five, you could you can you know combine off of that and and have two guys go. Yeah, that came with the rebel troopers that card. Yeah, and that's a lot of uh, potential damage being thrown out between these two. Yeah, because I mean, no one's ever complained about Luke's attack dice with his ten point figure. Yeah, <laughs> they're pretty good for giving you the surges, and they're pretty good at giving you range and a decent damage output output so yeah I, I i don't see any downside to these guys right now no no they seem yeah. really good like they it's like this this set is just everything that i'm seeing this looks really good you know well, and, with one exception well okay with, <laughs> with one according to you one exception yeah <laughs> the new luke yes but he doesn't it's not that he looks bad it's just he, he, he doesn't overshadow the the old luke I think the old Luke overshadows, but yeah, that again, it it all comes down to playtime on the table. See yeah. what he see what he works with, right? So, so then they also with this kit they've added a skirmish upgrade card that anyone can use. Now it is for creatures. It's called Feeding Frenzy. So I don't know that Rebels really have a use for it right now. I guess if you took Saska, was it or Verena? One of those two uh, that allows you to well, recruit that, a mercenary. if you bring in mercenaries, yeah, they don't inherently have creatures. Yeah, yet, but if they bring in mercs, they can get creatures. Yeah, but this card 
seems for one point to add to a creature it you exhaust it while attacking a figure that has suffered wounds to apply an additional wound to the attack result so it could be the difference between killing something or not killing something in a round which Mm -hmm. is big and then its innate ability is while attacking an adjacent figure you gain surge recover two. that's huge now (laughs) that is just an amazing boost yeah yeah um again well you add that to any creature well i'm, I'm thinking nexu specifically yeah i was point. thinking nexu too but even a you think of bantha who yeah i think that's actually <laughs> that's actually mentioned has no here. defense yeah but, uh, throwing that on a bantha what's bantha rolling he rolls a red red blue red blue if he's using his actual attack which yes. no one ever does so that's not a lot of not surges lot There's of only surge. a couple no. chances of a surge yeah. so and maybe he's not the best person to use it on. Yeah, and I think that's exactly right. I, I think that's when I, when I was first looking at this, I, I immediately thought less of Bantha and more, and, of and actually even less of the the Dubak and more of Nexus. Nexus, because yeah. you typically use of a Nexus, you're putting them in a high risk situation. Yeah, and with cunning, they can take a beating. Yeah, because they're the white uh, any... dice defense. Yeah, any surge is also a block, isn't it? Yes. Not a surge block is surge also a regular block. block. Is also yeah. a regular block. Yeah. So you apply this card to them and their red green attack dice, you're you can expect a surge usually to all of a sudden be able to add recover. Because I mean the the Nexus normal, they only get one surge mm-hmm. ability anyways, the elite Nexus. So it's not like that I think it's a plus two wounds. I'm drawing a blank right now. Oh, um, it depends. If it's the elite, it's plus two wounds. If it's the regular, it's um, I think they two. get cleave one and something else is on the regular. But yeah, it's cleave one and then pierce two. Uh, whereas with the uh, the elite, it's cleave two is and an pierce or and plus two damage or something. Yeah, yeah. So uh, taking away one of those to recover two and make the next who live longer and then run six spaces away from. Mm-hmm. stuff to recover again next turn potentially like this i like this card for one point yep yep so the i mean there's already two of the cards that come in this with the well i guess three if you consider captain tarot and do back rider are separate cards this pack is worth getting for those immediately well and yeah you can it's a red card so you can only ever use two of them but you know for a point each if you have two next to the chances are you're going to have two of these cards. Is you're you're going to buy Captain Tarot, and you're probably going to want a second one at least. Yeah, so and you can have a second even two back. on Captain Tarot. It yeah might be good. I don't know. It, it's it, hard to say. Nexu jumped out at me because I'm familiar well, with them. But yeah, well, and I, I think it, it it may have been intended for for that because um, he should he has, be ro- he has to get in, you know, to get that two spaces yeah. away in order to trigger the flamethrower. He needs to get up close. Yeah, he yeah. needs to get up close. And, and suddenly I, I a, a was thirteen health speed. Five plus three movement guy with recover two on him. Yeah, that's and I know using Luke regularly with those attack dice, you're averaging two surges, but it's not uncommon to get three surges as an attack. And with you add this card to him, that's all he needs is three surges, and he's doing everything. And he um and you know like the the regular dewback you know can spend three surges you know it's each one's plus one wound and then a but pierce two you'll but... easily give up a plus one wound for a recover two though oh totally like, it's not even a choice yeah but captain taro he only has the two surges so you he's an easy you add this card in there yeah. you give him a third thing to do with surges and with a yellow green blue you know there's a good chance you're going to be rolling some surges on this yeah, guy some, yeah some decent surges there yeah 
so yeah no they're really strong um that's a really strong card and then there's a couple uh command cards that are also in here you got captain tarot's specific card but then there's also a, a kind of an interesting one point creature card it's 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 really hard to say how useful it's going to be but it's it's kind of neat for an activation um for each die in your attack pool perform a melee attack using one red die so <sighs> this is it sounds better than it is i think in yeah that, well there's only one point card so i'm not expecting it to be yeah you know, it's just know. a single red die as an attack can be very easily negated especially against black yeah so it's it's still not bad it's just in it's situational i think like if you're yeah, fighting absolutely. if you're fighting a bantha with captain tarot as an example yeah you have three attack dice with against no defense it's going to do assuming you don't roll one on it, <laughs> yeah which has been known to happen i oh, mean sure <laughs> but otherwise you're potentially putting nine damage on a bantha without any damage. defense yeah with just no way to stop it it's it's good there and so for one point i'd consider taking it i don't know if it's much use outside sure. of that yeah because otherwise if you're just using your standard three dice the most you're going to get if you're lucky is six and that's with no surges um now if you are lucky and roll the two wounds and surge on a red dice for all three attacks against someone like the bantha that's all of a sudden you're doing four damage and attack that's that's half the bantha's life gone yeah so yeah it can be brutal but that's best case that's scenario. best case yeah, yeah. I, I think that's that's maybe a scenario that is very unlikely. To yeah, happen. but if oh, you sure. have like yeah. three, especially uh, the way we roll dice, if, <laughs> if you have three like troopers around you who are all wounded and within melee striking distance, then it becomes a little. It, it's that. Yeah. Do you take the risk to do the one two damage potentially past the black die, which could block it all, or do you just kill one? Mm-hmm. So it gives you the option to potentially kill multiple units in a round, and I think that's kind of its intent. Not to strike just yeah. one unit. Right. It's kind of a finishing move more than anything. But against a black die, it's just... I, I mean, against, say, rebel troopers, who are who are white as their defense. Yeah, it, it's, a lot, it, it's a lot better against rebels, definitely. Because yeah, you're not worried about surge defense. Mm-hmm. So they're getting... Well, at best, they dodge it. But you're spreading out your attack against with three dice instead of yeah. one big massive attack. So I, I think it has its uses. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I just think it, t- too many stars have to align. Yes. Yeah. Unfortunately, it, for, it, for that, it, uh, it's situational. It's yeah. better against rebels. It um, you know it's, better against white. So it's whether you can replace a one point card. Like, would you trade jump jets or? Well, right. that, that's exactly it. negation. You know, you've, or... you've only got so many points and so many command yeah. cards that you can take. There's a, there's a lot of good cards out there. Yeah, I, I think I think it has the potential to be devastating, but but like I said, I, I think too many stars have to align for that. Yeah, and then there's one they don't show on the main page called Battlefield Awareness, which oh, is also had, another one point card. So yeah, but I didn't even look at Battlefield Awareness. I forgot about that one. Well, it's basically it gives someone Luke's innate ability for a turn. So a leader, yeah. if you are within three spaces of a leader. Yeah, so it's only a leader, so it's it's situational again. Like, mm-hmm. well, you could use it with Leia. Well, I'm, I'm just thinking of in Rebel's side. You can use it with Leia. You can use it with the new Luke. He's a leader, isn't he? I think so. Or is he only a Force user and brawler? Oh, I should. I'll, I'll double check that. But um, 
Yeah, so you can use it with Leia, you can use it with Gideon and uh, Mern. You know, there's a few people there on on the on on the Imperial side. You can use it with Captain Captain Taro. Yeah, you can use it with Soren. You can use it with Vice. You can use it with officers. Officers. um, Yeah, Kane. But is is Vader a leader? No, no, he's just a Force user. Yeah, Force user brawler. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. But the the difference between this and Luke's ability is three spaces. It allows you to re-roll one dice of anything. It doesn't have to be attack. It could be defense. It could mm-hmm. be an attack. It could be even like a special ability. Because it says just when they roll any number of dice, yeah, you may re-roll one of those dice. True. Yeah, the new Luke is a leader as well. So that's something they added to him. Oh, that makes him a little more versatile. Yeah. But I still wouldn't be using him to do planning. Uh, no, I would never use the planning. Planning is one of those cards that's like, uh, who are you Mern, use for that? Leia, Mern, someone Leia, in the back. Gideon. Gideon. Yeah. Um, and then the Mercs have no, well, they're getting leaders, but they don't have much for leaders. Um, if anything. I can't think of one off the top of my head. Like other than yeah, they're very Jabba coming out. Independent for the most yeah. part. They're, yeah. Interesting. And then we have Captain Tarot's special card called Cavalry Charge. So this one you use at the start of your activation. Until the end of the round you gain plus one defense. And while friendly troopers within two spaces of you are attacking, apply plus one surge to their attack results. That's pretty big. That could be good, yeah. Yeah, if you can get them, like, get a few guys right near them and then play that card. Because quite often troopers are only getting... Well, one. if it's a regular trooper, it's just a blue-green, so yeah, they're, hard for they're them to get the surges one. out. Yeah. Um, but if it's these new dewbacks, there's a good chance they'll get surges out, and they have quite a few things they can spend their surges on. So an extra surge is not a bad thing. And then we'll get these jet troopers in, in this new set, which I don't know what they have for surges, but yeah, always having an extra surge to play with is you know not a bad. It's never well, a bad it's never thing. bad. Yeah. Is it worth two points? Well, it's it's Captain Tarot's specific card, and is it worth the two points? I, I'm kind of on the fence with that. The plus yeah. one defense for a round for two points is kind of where the most value seems to be coming in yeah, yeah. I agree with that but well and, and you know con- considering how good he is without needing you know more yeah yeah i, I think this might have been a you know their way like we'll, we'll kind of water down his his specific command card not that it doesn't have him. value but for two points no. it's yeah and and i'll be honest yeah I, I i agree with you that that uh, the benefit here is in that plus one defense, um, you know, because that's we against all attacks against him for yeah, the round. Yeah. So if you really run him up there, yeah, that's, he could be blocking quite a bit of damage with that plus one defense. And, and then we'd it, already we'd already mentioned earlier that you know his his big sort of power move is is rushing in to get that that you know um, flamethrower two space distance so he can get the flamethrower off. Um, so yeah, he he can potentially be running into the fray, and this this would be a, a you know good way to mitigate any kind of damage that he might take. And then throw feeding frenzy on him if he does manage to take a bunch of damage. You run him thirteen away and start shooting at a distance and use recover too. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, that uh, that's a good little combination you can throw on him. As so, like anything they come out with, uh, I look at it and go, does this break up the trooper meta? Like. Right. Is it going to make a dent in that and maybe see some more interesting lists out there? I think it has potential. I think it has potential. Yeah, I think like so. you're like they made they're they're getting again, they're they're getting better with their costing. You know, it's not too expensive. 
You could take, like we said, you could take two Zubacks and a Captain Taro, and you don't need to be spending 17 points. They have quite a bit of health among them. They're fast. They're maneuverable. They have some, you know, they have good attack dice. They all have three attack dice. They, they can get the surges so they can, you know, get the extra damage or whatever off. But then you're, I guess what you're trading... Numbers. So, yeah, what you're trading is, uh, yeah, numbers. You're going to have three models on the board, which, while they might be faster, there are large figures, so they're not the most maneuverable. They well, have, they're limited. They don't have mobility, so they're limited to the standard. I think they're going to be the oval base. Yeah. So they're yeah. they're limited to the you have to you know change you have to be careful with your facing like the e web engineer like the e web yeah. engineer yeah so they're not as maneuverable as like a an ex who is who still who also suffers from that too he doesn't have to worry about facing because he's a he's a totally round base mm-hmm. like which, which base does or, make his like the do back riders speed four slightly less effective not being able to do like angular movement right. But yeah, they can't do any diagonal yeah. movement. Well, yeah. you're getting if you spend an action to move, you're getting seven speed. So it, yeah. it, that's mitigated with their movement special ability or mounted special ability. Yeah. So and yeah, it, the, the reason I say uh, numbers is part of the strength of the trooper list is the fact that y- you have like 15 health in an elite trooper squad. Yeah. And you have to hit three guys, so doing five damage, anything over five damage on one guy, is wasted. Is wasted. Yeah. Where these guys here. If you get a tougher attack die against them, say like HKs or anyone with three attack dice, if you get over that five damage, it's useful. Right. Where against troopers, that just you hit five and you've wasted everything above it. So, which means more damage sticks, and you can't reinforce these guys, obviously. So no, no. So that's the only fear I have is that it won't dent the meta because of that reason. Because numbers is a safety net. Yeah. So yeah, that, that's true. Yeah, so we'll see how much of an effect they really have. But th- they are intriguing enough that, well, they're going to get played, you know, at least in the smaller tournaments and, and as people, yeah, you know. And the, and the table for, like, the fun aspect of it. And for the fun aspect, too, which is always nice. And like, the model's pretty decent. Like, he looks nice. Yeah, I'm kind of curious. I know with, like, when they released General Vice, he, he, he could serve double duty as an ATST, and they gave you the parts so that you could make them either way. I'm kind of curious if there's extra parts or what you take away. Is it going to always look the same? Yeah. Is it always going to look like Captain Taro? Or is yeah, it going do to... you actually have a model that has a lance? Right. Yeah. yeah. Like, are they, they want to give you like the, the upper half of the trooper so you can change it out. And I think the only other difference is he has that little piece in front of him that looks like fur or something. Whereas the regular trooper may not have that. It's hard to tell in the picture. But in the model, they don't show you that. All they show you is, the, is Captain Taro. So it'd be nice if there was a little bit of, you know, you swap one piece over to, for the other piece to get your do-back rider. Yeah, for sure. I'd, I'd, I'd like to at least see, you know, just a, a standard rider with a, you know, with their lance. With their lance, yeah. yeah. So I, I, I got to suspect that they'll give you the well, two they've been different pretty good upper with Yeah. Like, their packs, if you've had the optional, I think only the ATST was the only one so far that, that had extra bit, bits yeah, yeah but it came with both so I would expect the same here I mean it's a, I would too. it's a stormtrooper upper body really that they need to change it's yeah at the very least that's all you have to have to change is the upper body part because who cares if they have that piece that whether whether or not the other dewback has it yeah and it may it may it just the picture it's hard to tell so it's quite possible it's supposed to have it too so the only difference may just be that the upper body one has a lance, one has a gun, or the flamethrower. The right? flamethrower, I mean, yeah. And the shoulder pad. Mind you, the the way their models 
uh, bend when it comes to like lightsabers and stuff. Maybe yeah. we don't want the lance. <laughs> the, the lance is going to be droopy or something, or you're going to have to heat it up so that you can try get to straighten it. Yeah. Proper proper order, and then pack it nice and carefully. Yeah. Well, and just to mention this because we haven't this um, the campaign. Yeah, it, it also comes with a couple campaign cards. That oh, that's true. We were, should talk about those too. Yeah, we're a little bit interesting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I could I could see Joe uh, bringing out this Dewback Patrol. Yeah, just for two influence. All of a sudden, a Dewback Rider just appears for absolutely no cost. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, oh great, that's another thing that we need to worry about. Yeah, and yeah, and I don't play a lot of the campaign, but are are the Imperial cards that you discard after you use it so that you've spent your influence and it just kind of goes away? Is that common or is that more um, new for this? Well, no, it, it's it's fairly common. Like in uh, like in between, just like how the heroes have their experience that they're expending, the the imperial player will get so much influence that he can spend. And yeah, there's quite a few cards that that are one use, one use kind of yeah. cards. Okay, yeah, and yeah, you, sometimes you can hold on that... to them. Like this is like you hold on to this and play it at the start of a status phase, so you don't even have to use it the next mission. You can hold on to it and use it. Yeah, as long on as you some want. future mission. Yeah, yeah, and there's, I mean, there's definitely some stuff that you hold on to mission to mission. But yeah, and the, the flamethrower I thought was was kind of an interesting card. Uh, you keep this card secret during any mission when you deploy a trooper, droid, hunter, or guardian group. You may give this card to that group. So you're basically equipping like an entire an entire squad of troopers with, with flamethrowers. Flame yeah, which the exact same. It gives you the wound, strain, yeah. and weakened. Yeah. And, so that's uh... <laughs> and, and especially in, in a campaign, you know, putting putting those kind of conditions out there that the hero then has to clear. And and if you have an entire squad that's doing this to you, that's three guys potentially. Yeah, yeah. I think this could be now. This one, yeah, uh, it's you, another you one use one at the end of the mission or when all the figures in that group are defeated. Um, so yeah, fortunately you won't be suffering from it for long. But I. That could be very devastating in a campaign. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you're taking away the ability of those guys, the heroes, to use their strain is huge. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, the strain in skirmish was bad enough, but you put that; it's more devastating in the campaign where your heroes spend it yeah. to get extra movement to do special abilities. Like, yeah. yeah, that that it's it's designed to hurt and then slow them down. Yep. You know, if if you have to deal with you have to deal with the condition, you have to deal with the strain. And again, if they start in a position where they can use that and an attack, because it's just an activation, it's not an attack. Mm-hmm. So you activate, do that, and then shoot them. That's a lot of damage <laughs> for a trooper yeah. squad. Yep. Yeah. Well, we're used to that. Yeah. So I don't know. O- overall, I think quite an interesting, um, an interesting villain pack. Yeah. I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing this. And I, I think the last one now we haven't seen is. Uh... Jabba. Is Jabba, so hopefully by the time we record again, they'll have released his preview and then finally get this thing in store so we can start buying it. Yes, take my money, damn it. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, and the, and the actual play to see how they yeah. work out instead of the speculation. I mean, there's only... You can see a card and kind of get an opinion about it, but until you actually put it against things, yeah. it's, it can come out completely different. Yeah, true. Uh, absolutely and then the only other thing that uh, was fairly new recently was like as we mentioned before the worlds um, I, 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 they, they were streaming it on Twitch 
I um I think you did you watch you watched it on something I watched else, the finals. Right? You watched on, the finals. I watched a little bit of it. I, you know, we had it ongoing when we were playing our board games the other week there too. Um, it was uh it was interesting. Um, but yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of troopers again. Like you said, there was out of the eighty four, there was forty one trooper lists. Well, forty one imperial lists, but someone was imperial brave lists. enough to take two ATSTs in a list, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. then there was that sounds like me. <laughs> yeah, there's twenty two rebels and twenty one scum lists. Oh wow! And out of all the scum lists, the only different one I heard of was someone was brave enough to take Ugnaught. Really? And really? He, yeah. He, he hated himself <laughs> for it, apparently, but he took oh, Ugnaught. Wow. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> But we're talking about him. Yes. Yeah, there you so, go. So Fame. And then the rebel lists were mostly rebel troopers. Variations wow. of rebel troopers That's with a couple hero lists. And then the the top 16 they ended up with only one rebel heroes list with two Bantha lists, eight, I want to say, I, I'm thinking it was eight Empire lists, and then... The rest were rebel trooper lists in the right. top 16. So. Hmm. I'm surprised there wasn't more hero lists making it up there. It seems to be a phenomenon only here. Yeah. Rebel hero lists are effective. It seems that everywhere else that I've read results for tournaments, it's the Imperial and the occasional Bantha right. with an even less occasional rebel wins yeah. in tournaments. So I don't, I don't know what's going on out there. But, <laughs> but here it... I don't experience the problem with Imperial Trooper lists with Rebel lists, yeah. so I don't know. I don't know what's different. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's interesting. Um, I, I don't know. How, uh, regionals are happening again already so quickly. Like with the uh, the Austin ones already happening, um, and we'll be having our regionals in February. So in just a few months' time. And I, I wish it was. That, I actually you know. wish it was a little more time in between yeah because i want people to take this new stuff that's coming out i want them to play test it and i want variety yeah i don't want 40 imperial trooper lists that people just take because they've been told it's good it's like put something out there that makes people question and test different varieties of troops and come with something that you if i can go to a tournament to know that half are imperial troops I can build a list to fight that specifically. Right. So where's the fun in that? Yeah, true. And it also comes down to sometimes the map and the mission can, be, can play a bit of a factor. Well, yeah, because um, some you want swarms. Some yeah, you some want, you don't. You don't really care. It, we um, we had a little bit of a tournament just the other week, but unfortunately there's only four, four people, who, people who could make it out that day. Um, and what was there? I, I was playing a mercenary list. You, what were you playing? I was playing a variation of a Rebel Heroes. I decided to right. try out Obi Wan because I'd never really given. Him oh, a... right, you had Obi Wan, and then um, one guy had a, a trooper list, and then there was another another Rebels hero list. list. It wasn't a heroes though. He had uh, elite sabs. Oh, right, yeah, he had he had two, sabs yeah. Sabs. So it was more of a Rebel spy list. Yeah, um, and there was one mission. Like I, I played against the the, the trooper list twice. Um, I lost the first time with my Mercs, um, but it was a fairly close game. But the second time, um, the map and the mission really did favor me because it was the uh, Agent Blaze's uh, ISP headquarter map 
uh, with the the cameras where you're you're placing down the camera and then trying to get as many of his dudes. Yeah, you get points for in every view guy for every there. dude you can get within the view of the camera or or any camera. So um, him having so many models on the board favored me because I was able to put a camera out and get quite a few points each each round. So I think that was a big big factor. Um, but you know that's one mission out of six that really you know I could I could count on something like that in, going in my favor um, in that kind of situation. And it's always it's caused me to play around with my deck my mercenary deck a little bit and change it up to i was playing a uh um a bosque uh fet um setup that i had with two uh trandoshan uh, hunters two regular trandoshan hunters and you know devious scheme and punishing strike and uh, those cards in there but now i'm dropping one of my trandoshan hunters and throwing in two regular nexus and beast tamer and, and getting rid of punishing strike to get myself a couple of, you know, another activation, but also to get myself some mobility out there to try to, you know, where I can like sort of swoop in with Beast Strike, Beast Tamer and, and swoop out if I if I need to. So I can, no, I'm going to play around with my deck a little bit and, and play and see how it goes. Yeah, the the problem with the Mercs, because you're still using stuff that's pre-Bespin, yeah. is the, the, the point costs are still a little out of whack, so you're not getting enough activations. Yeah, that is a bit expensive. He's still a good model, though. I, I like I like his abilities, but yeah, he is pricey. Yes, yeah. and he can be neutralized fairly easily, just almost by ignoring him. Like, let Fett go out and kind of do whatever it is that the person wants to do with him, and shoot everything else first. Kind of, and I think that's yeah. why most people don't see him as competitive. But he's such a good unit if they just drop his point costs a couple points or. Yeah, because he he's so versatile, he can survive a lot of hits and then go and recover. He's fast, like he's he's mobile, so he doesn't have to worry about terrain. Yeah, blocking him, and he and that mobile really, you know, you see it with the uh, the Nexus, the kitties. Um, they're mobile; they can go wherever they want, but they're limited because they're the large model, so they have to mm-hmm. really maneuver. But uh, like a small model like Fett and mobile, he can. He can just jump over everything. He's just he can go wherever you want, and come back, and and he's fast. That's what I like about him with his six movement. Yeah, he's uh, and then he has you know you choose which ability surge he ability. gets surge ability. Um, well, it's either two range or a surge, and the surge can be to to heal or to damage. So you choose that before you attack. And he's he's pretty versatile, and I think he works pretty well. But then um, and that was well, there's only four of us, but both rebel lists in our tournament came out on top so, yeah like it was actually a two-way tie there yeah, it was uh, four players don't really work very well no. with the uh the whole um swiss uh tournament style so hopefully next time we'll get more people out it was just it, it, this winter has been this fall and winter has been sort of an odd time people haven't been able to make it out as much we haven't been getting as many players need um, the expansion yeah the expansion it's, hopefully the expansion the, spike interest again yeah exactly and then maybe in the new year people will start coming back again and uh, we can get some more uh, more variety and more players. Um, variety is the key, I think. Yeah, more variety would be nice. If, if you know you're going to come out and you're going to face Imperial Troopers, <laughs> you're going to face a Bantha, you know, yeah. like it, it just, it. if you don't enjoy playing that style, then you're, you're just not going to come out because it's, 
you're either going to win handily because you're familiar with it or you just feel like you're bashing your head against the wall and yeah. there's no point. And with regionals for us going to be, you know, in February already and with the world just happening, we know what we're going to be seeing when we go down there. It's going to be troopers. mostly troopers. Well, yeah. the new trooper spies. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be a lot more spies and yeah. Because apparently with all the Imperials winning in the States and around the world from what I'm reading, yeah. they needed to bring out more cards to hurt rebels with the white <laughs> dice. So, you know, it's I'm hoping the do-backs and stuff put a dent in this. And whether it makes them stronger, I don't care if it makes them stronger. I just want to see variety. Yeah, just as long as there's some new new things out there. Yeah, I, I think... Just for just for the pure novelty of it, I, I think we're gonna we're gonna see at least for a little while Rancor and Dewback out there. Definitely, yeah, um, yeah. You know, so I I think there's some stuff, and you know, we like say we haven't seen Jabba. Nope. So I think that there is at least some stuff that's going to we're going to see something different for a little bit. I don't. I mean, I don't. I have no idea if any of this is going to filter to to worlds or regionals, but. Um, at least in, in you know in your friendly local gaming store, we're going to see some well, right. see some new stuff hit the table. It's it's hard to break away from something that you've been told is good and you've been having success with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I mean, every Merc list has been told the six points for three PO and Gideon are a must take. Build around that. Right. And it's not necessary. So I can build a list without them that works more effectively, has more attack dice. And people just don't get away from it because it's been part of the staple for so long mm-hmm. that they're afraid to break from it. Yeah. That's six points that could be used for new units that, you know, it just could add so much more punch or survivability or whatever to your list that people just are too afraid to lose. And even in Rebel lists, the Gideon 3PO, I mean, I'm guilty of it too, of putting them in because a focused luke leia or whoever just hits that much harder for one shot but for five points they're coming out with enough stuff now that maybe people should be looking at what else they can throw in there that don't don't just keep doing the same thing because you've had success in the past there could be something better out there now particularly once they have java's realm come out yeah well i think this this new set's gonna be a good shot for um, the Mercs, at least. You know, I know they're coming up with some stuff for the Imperials and some, you know, a few things for the Rebels. But really, this is going to be the one that sort of helps, I think, help build up the Mercs a bit more. Um, and so well, I think we'll start seeing a little bit more variation there. Uh, whether or not it actually bleeds into giving us more variation in Troopers or in, in on the Imperials, it's hard to say. All you need is one list to start consistently beating the Trooper meta. Yeah. And everyone will jump on board. True. So it, I don't think there's enough time between now and regionals for there to be enough playtesting for people to be comfortable with it. No, they'll probably just take what they're, they're, what they're what they know with. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Um, yeah, I think that's a, a good place to stop this week. Yeah, so, you know, like usual, thanks for listening. Um, you can follow us at our website, www.boardnowgaming.com. Uh, find us on Facebook under Board Now Gaming. Uh, we're on Twitter at Board Now Gaming. Um, so you know, be sure to, to 
check us out. Um, it'd be great to hear from you. We haven't uh, had any feedback yet, but you know, if we started getting some feedback, let us know how we're doing, um, how you know what you think. If there's any suggestions, I you know, we look forward to hearing from you. You can uh, subscribe to us through iTunes or Google Play, or, or through our RSS feed on our website. Uh, we have a guild on the Board Game Geek website, uh, so you know I post uh, show notes up for each show. So if there's another location where if you're on Board Game Geek, you could uh, shoot us some uh, messages there, and uh, we'll try to, to uh, get back to you and uh, start a dialogue. But either way, um, have a you know great day and uh, keep on gaming. Take care.